The following is a reflection on the readings for Wednesday of the seventh week of Easter. The first reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 28 to 38. The psalm response is taken from Psalm 68, and the gospel from John, chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. In today's readings, we hear two farewell discourses, one from St. Paul as he leaves the Ephesian church to go to Jerusalem, where he will be arrested and imprisoned, the other from Jesus, who is leaving his disciples to return to his Father. The messages are very similar. St. Paul sends for the elders and overseers, in the Greek rendered episkopos, which translates as bishops, and asks them to shepherd the church, because after he leaves, savage wolves will come from the outside and from within the church, not sparing the flock, but seeking to divide them by distorting the truth. Jesus, in his prayer, asks the Father to likewise protect his disciples as they are about to be sent out into the world, to protect them from division, so that they may be one as he and his Father are one, and so that their joy may be complete. Specifically, he asks his Father to sanctify them in the truth, which he knows will keep them unified as one body. The advice of St. Paul and this prayer of Jesus have been carried out faithfully by the Church through the Pope and the bishops in union with him who have been sanctified in the truth. The Pope and the bishops are authentic teachers endowed with the authority of Christ. Quote, the ordinary and universal magisterium of the Church and the bishops in communion with them teach the faithful the truth to believe, the charity to practice, and the beatitude to hope for. End of quote, Catechism, paragraph 2034. Thus the unity Jesus prayed for is preserved, and the body of Christ is built up. The Holy Spirit has gifted to the Church a teaching authority, through which the Scriptures are authentically interpreted and transmitted. Together with sacred tradition, that is, the Church's doctrine, life, and worship, the faithful are protected from error and brought into the richness of divine revelation, where they can forage freely and safely within the boundaries of truth, where essential dogmas such as the unity and trinity of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the incarnation, death, resurrection, and ascension of God's Son for our salvation, the establishment of the Church founded on Peter, and the sacraments culminating in the Eucharist of Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, Mary, the mother of God, immaculately conceived to live a sinless life and become our mother and intercessor, the communion of the saints and the inspiration of the scriptures. We are so fortunate, especially today, to have these teachings summarized in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, at a time when the table of the Eucharist is closed off to the faithful in this pandemic. What an opportunity to feast more richly at the table of God's word that is, sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which make up a single sacred deposit entrusted to the church, the pillar and foundation of the truth. This treasure is ours for the taking. As the Catechism of the Catholic Church states in paragraph 79, quote, The Father's self-communication, made through his word in the Holy Spirit, remains present and active in the church. God, who spoke in the past, continues to converse with the spouse of his beloved Son, and the Holy Spirit, through whom the living voice of the gospel rings out in the church, 
and through her in the world, leads believers to the full truth and makes the word of Christ dwell in them in all its richness. End of quote. It is through this word that we are kept in the Father's name. As Jesus says in today's gospel, I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. End of quote. United by this word to the Father in the Holy Spirit, we are then sent into a world that is divided and in crisis. The term world, stated in John chapter 17, means the condition of humanity fallen from grace ever since Adam and Eve and in need of redemption. As this pandemic has illustrated, the cultural foundations thought at times to be so stable are indeed fragile. Yet even before the onset of the virus, there were many signs of sickness, not so much physical, but spiritual and emotional. A recent study in the United States found that the number of children who were hospitalized for contemplating or attempting suicide doubled between the years 2007 and 2015, from 580,000 to 1.12 million. The suicide rate in the United States has increased 13 consecutive years and is the second leading cause of death among children aged 10 to 14. The opioid crisis in Canada is escalating, especially among males between 30 and 39 years of age. In 2016, there were 2,861 opioid deaths in Canada. In the United States, 67,000 people died of drug overdose in 2018, and 70% of those involved opioids. What can we bring into such a broken and divided world? There is only one answer, the Word of God. So we are sent with authority. When the Word of God abides in us, we are brought into a loving relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit and with other believers. This unity in love is a powerful witness because what comes along with it is joy. We are brought out of the narrow confines of self-absorption into the ever greater expanse of self-gift. There is a daring born from the confidence that God the Father has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, that Jesus Christ has died for our salvation, and the Church infallibly guards the deposit of faith. From these pillars, we can, without fear, bring to the world new life and possibilities. Key is personal testimony and the willingness to share the kerygma, because God's story is now alive in us. It's our story that puts flesh in what might otherwise appear to be abstract and out of reach. The present reality of God joyfully alive in us is irrefutable. As Pope Francis stated in his Gospel of Joy, paragraph 10, quote, The Gospel offers us the chance to live life on a higher plane, but with no less intensity. Life grows by being given away, and it weakens in isolation and comfort. 
Indeed, those who enjoy life most are those who leave security on the shore and become excited by the mission of communicating life to others. When the Church summons Christians to take up the task of evangelization, she is simply pointing to the source of authentic personal fulfillment. For here we discover a profound law of reality, that life is attained and matures in the measure that it is offered up in order to give life to others. This is certainly what mission means. Consequently, an evangelizer must never look like someone who has come back from a funeral. Let us recover and deepen our enthusiasm, that delightful and comforting joy of evangelizing, even when it is in tears that we must sow. And may the world of our time, which is searching, sometimes with anguish, sometimes with hope, be enabled to receive the good news, not from evangelizers who are dejected, discouraged, impatient, or anxious, but from ministers of the gospel whose lives glow with fervor, who have first received the joy of Christ. End of quote. In addition to joyfully sharing our testimony in the Lord, we need to bring into this world answers that we have appropriated from God's word to life's major questions, such as, why is there something rather than nothing? Why is there suffering in the world? Is there life after death? What is the meaning of life? What is truth? How do you determine right and wrong? What is God's plan for my life? These questions are on the heart of every genuine seeker, and we should be ready to give an answer. As we prepare for the solemnity of Pentecost, perhaps it is a good time that we formulate an answer to this question. In the last year, how have I encountered Jesus Christ in a new way? And let us pray that God will pour out his Holy Spirit afresh and abundantly on us, that we may continue to joyfully serve the Lord in this world.